Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we gotta shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Man to Man, the best NBA podcast out there right now. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoopstar Nash. It's the Hoopstar Nash. Hope everyone had a great weekend, great week. Uh, I know we did as there was a bunch, a bunch of great games to be watched, including Zion's first matchup against LeBron and AD in Los Angeles with the Rockets stealing a game in Boston by one point in overtime. And Bradley Beal, we didn't talk about Bradley Beal too much, too very often this season, but he had 50-plus points in consecutive games and, of course, much more, including our Pacer Nations going 3-0 this week. So with that, hey, let's get after it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll start out with, uh, you know, the rookies. The rookies are playing the king this week. And who mm-hmm. who might you say the king is? Hey. Mr. Young, young LBJ, baby. Young LBJ. Mr. LeBron James himself. Already know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we'll take a look at the first time that Zion himself matches up against Mr. LeBron James. Yes, sir. It was a good game overall, to be to be honest with you. It was a good game through the whole entire thing, just to see both of those, you know, pretty much I would call them both superstars at this point. Zion is definitely making that push for being a superstar. Even the though, guy who said he was going to be a bust this year, right? Even, even though I'm I'm over here, I know. I still don't take my word out. I still think he could be a bust. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, LeBron, you know, puts on a show and says, you know, I'm still the king. And he goes for a season high against Zion with 40 points. It oh, was, 40 burger action? Yeah. Um. So he kind of just led his team into victory, honestly. They end up winning that one and defeating the Pelicans 118 to 109 it was a home mm-hmm. game for the lakers so that right. probably helped a little bit zion you know still getting used to the whole on the road and lakers atmosphere right right trying to walk to the plane the airport you know <laughs> not <it>. at home <laughs> right a little bit of disadvantage there as you might say i mean you ask anybody that played basketball they'd rather play at home than away so right. i know how that is but he does contribute and put on a show in la Scoring 29 points. I mean, it was... That ain't no bust right there. I was going to say, you can't you can't argue with the numbers on that one. He definitely is, you know, showing himself that he can be a dominant player. Another big performance in this game, which kind of was overlooked just because the battle between LeBron, you know, and Zion is kind of mm-hmm. took over the headlines. But Brandon Ingram, all-star, puts up 34 points. It was like a quiet 34 points, you know. Right, so, right. Former team coming back in LA. Right. Second home, maybe you could call it. He's used to it. He's comfortable in that arena. 
going up, putting quiet 34, first time all-star. It's what he does, man. We're yeah. going to be seeing that for the next, you know, at least season, next couple of seasons ahead of us. No doubt, because it was just, like I said to begin with, it was just a great game. And uh, if you know, if the Pelicans make the playoffs this year, they're definitely going to be that seventh or eighth. So they could match up against these Lakers yeah. early, and it would be a great, you know, great battle like this one was. Right. We also see somebody else who is a rookie. Mr. Ja Morant played. Mr. Ja Morant, baby. Yo, Ja Morant, this is this is the game, though. This is the game that as much as people were talking about Zion's first matchup with the Lakers and LeBron and AD, this is the game that kind of overclouded it a little bit later on in the week, right? Like exactly. You had that early Tuesday game in L.A. versus those two teams, and it's like, okay, what's happening? Lakers going to go to Memphis, probably going to be a blowout, but – Honestly, I think last season Memphis upset uh, L.A. in Memphis. And, uh, you know, we see the same thing here, right? right. Grizzlies absolutely like dominate uh, at home court. Ja Morant puts up a mixtape performance. Yeah, with 27 points, 14 to 6 assists, excuse me. Uh, and this was uh, the Lakers' first back-to-back night games. And we were talking about this. It was kind of weird because usually every team by now – has had, has had a back to back. Has had a back to back. I damn well know the Pacers have had like a couple already. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the first back to back that we've seen. Maybe a little bit of an excuse, you know. Maybe these guys are tired for LA, you know, especially traveling, um, you know, from West Coast to East Coast. Big time difference. But I mean, final score, man, 105, 88, uh, 20 plus point differential. Um, ja almost creates a a Reggie Miller click clack Kodak moment over AD. Unfortunately, Ja can't seem to get these dunks down. We saw Ja uh, earlier in the season almost have a click-clack Kodak moment over Kevin Love, right? I mean, you can almost put that as a poster on your wall, but he didn't make it ricochet off the back of the rim. Same thing with AD, except this was a charge. They didn't call anything on the K-Love drive and dunk, um, but this was a charge. AD was on the line a little bit. They replayed it, whatever. Ja Morant, I mean – this guy has no regard for human life, right? He, like, he's coming out. He's trying to convey a name for himself. And, and I definitely think him and Zion are now kind of going at it. You know, Zion, we see with the 29 LA making a name for himself. Ja's doing that same thing. Ja is just accelerating more and more so, and not putting any foots on the brake right now. Yeah, and the only thing I see kind of from Ja Morant's game is because he is an explosive player. He's almost, you know – explosive enough like to a Russell Westbrook standard. He goes out there and gives it 100% every game. And being so young, I don't know if it's – I just don't want him to overdo it and maybe go up for a crazy play and try to dunk on somebody and come down hard on the ankle or something and really, you know, get a a gruesome injury, basically what it will come down to. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I I just don't – want to see happen and maybe he could just slow down just a little bit because like you said he's out there right. just going crazy crazy that and that's a good point you bring up because i have a bunch of friends including myself who's somewhat of a memphis grizzly fan but i got a bunch of friends up here actually in chicago that are big grizz guys I always go to the, my buddy's um, house to watch every single game and i'm actually watching them while i'm you know working out and i'm like man like when they're playing the rockets this was when the grizz played the rockets earlier in the week 
I'm like, man, what? They don't have any offense, and, like, Ja needs to slow down. Like, I was always taught growing up to play the eight speed instead of a 10, right? And I feel like that's what Ja is going at right now. Every time he's trying to create a play and maybe he's trying to do too much for his team, and overall I think he, you know, creates more turnover. He has a – I don't know. His turnover ratio uh, needs to improve because it doesn't seem like he knows how to really like do a jump stop in those crucial moments. You know, he has a lot of, he's creating a lot of charges on the defense and that's one area where I would like for him to, to see improve for next season. Obviously he's a rookie and you know, he's trying to make a name for himself, but I do agree with you there. Kind of slow it down, go at that eight speed, but then again, and, and you're going to get hurt that way too. Right. right. Um, but, but then again, man, He's he's coming out. He's I, hey, don't, I'm the one to take anything does. away. Don't take anything away from my man. Mm-hmm. And this game, you know, kind of ended in a in a sweet moment. Honestly, at the very end of this game, I don't know. It was kind of hit me a wrong way a little bit, just because LeBron kind of like I think to myself in doing this, he kind of had a big head, um, mm-hmm. sort of. But he put together a package for John ja Morant after this game with a signed jersey, and he gave a the signed yeah. jersey with the Super message dope. with him. And that's awesome. Um, but at the same time, like, listening to what John Morant said afterwards, he didn't really know that LeBron was going to do this. And so he had to quickly put together and say, I can't let LeBron just, like, one-up me. And I'm thankful. I'm glad that I got his jersey. And it's cool that, you know, the king himself gave me a signed jersey because he knows that mm. I looked up to him growing up playing basketball. Yeah. And he turns around and was like, all right, I got to give – now I have to give my jersey to him, right? That's how this <laughs> this works. It's a jersey swap, man. We've right. never seen, like, one jersey being swapped and the other just, like, the other guy is just chilling with his right. on it. And so – but most of the time the jersey swap, you know, happens on the court and, you know, they yeah. got pictures and stuff. But LeBron kind of did this behind scenes and knowing the fan that Ja is, I don't know if it's just because he was salty that they just got – I mean, the little <laughs> – I mean, the shit kicked out of this both. game, but um, it is what it was. But I like this, and it looks good to a point, but I wish they could have done this more publicly than in kind of what we're accustomed to seeing in right. terms of the fans seeing right. this jersey ex- exchange and not seeing it through an interview. Oh, yeah, Ja gave me his mm-hmm. jersey and stuff. But it is, nah. I mean, it was cool. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely cool. And yeah, that super dope moment for John. He's going to remember that for the rest of his life. But overall, with these two games, like you were mentioning after the Zion game, these are seventh and eighth seed teams. And if we see the Memphis Grizzlies, maybe seeing a Lakers, right, in the first round, anything could really happen. Home court, we were just talking about it. Home court's a big, big advantage um, for these teams. So Lakers, obviously, you know, I don't have any – um, disbelief that they would lose in the first round. Uh, I think they're going to win it all. But just seeing these teams coming together, these young teams, you know, the, a young Pelicans team and a young Grizzlies team, they have the potential to beat up a Lakers team and their roster like that. So really anything could happen. Um, but it is only regular season. Like I said, it was a back-to-back night for the Lakers. But, uh, you know, anything could happen. So, um, so my question to you is on this one right here. Ah! <laughs> it was coming. I know it is. All right, all right. Obviously, if you're watching, the, if you're watching the video, you see the title of our video. So, who won the battle? Did the uh, did the young balls or the old nuts win this battle? Ah, <laughs> who won this? I need to know. 
Did we? Will we say? I got it. I gotta go with the old nuts. The old, the old nuts. nuts. Yeah, they're the OGs, the old heads, the old balls, whatever you want to call them. Old loose screws. They still got it, man. I'm always, always gonna count on my guy LBJ. Zion, good try coming in. I know you're coming off a, you know, gruesome injury, and you know you got her surgery, blah blah blah. Whatever story continues, but Ja, I'm feeling you. Until you reach that all-star level, man, then I'll start giving you some more and more credit. I love my job, Morant, but I can't cut out my guy, LBJ. And, yes, I am a, I am a millennial, millennial, so I'm going to count on, you know, LBJ this whole time. That's that's what I do. That's who I've grown up watching. So we'll give Zion and Ja a couple more years. And, you know, if it will be a consistent battle between the two, I got to go with my old heads right now, my old nuts. All right. Your old nuts did it. So then – Playoff time is coming up. What, what we got about these upsets? Break it down to me in these upsets of this week. Yeah, bro. Yeah, got a, got a, a lot of upset alerts uh, as the playoffs inch closer and closer, right? The number five, number fifth seed uh, Jazz in the Western Conference lose to the Suns by 20 points at home. Uh, this is Ricky Rubio's former team, right? Rubio drops a double-double. Now I'm scoring 22 and 11 assists. That's really what Rubio does. Um, he, he needs to be more consistent with it. Rubio was, I, I don't think he was an all-star at one point, but he was very close to it. He's got to get back up to that ladder. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, unfortunately his 38 point game, uh, wasn't enough to beat the Suns. I don't know what happened there. The jazz are kind of, you know, that fifth seed. I feel like the jazz are almost like a Pacers in the, in the Western conference, sitting in that middle spot, losing the teams that they sh- are supposed to be. We preach that all the time. Um, so that was one of the games that we saw. We also see the Cavs after acquiring Andre Drummond, man. Um, Andre Drummond, actually, he played this day, He played this game. He didn't play the next one that we're going to mention with the Cavs upsetting. But this game, the Cavs beat the Heat in overtime. This is good for the Pacers, right? KPG, um, Kevin Porter Jr., out of rookie out of USC. Season high, 30 points. K-Love, 17. Drummond with 13. Uh, Liam, I mean, this is good for the Pacers. The Heat are sitting at that fourth spot right now. Um, and then, you know, the Philly after Philly after that. So these games are good for us, especially when we went 3-0 this week. Moving on, 76ers lose to the Cavs. So Cavs beat the Heat. Cavs beat the 76ers, who again upset the Heat uh, on Monday night. This game, Colin Sexton, young rookie out of uh, Alabama, or sophomore out of Alabama, drops 28 points. Drummond did not play this game. I think they're trying to ease him into uh, – I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's getting hurt. Maybe it's like a, a load management thing. I think they're trying to ease him into um, the playbook and what they got going on. Drummond didn't play. And then, let's see, T-Wolves upset the Heat in Miami, 129-126. Uh, this game, the Wolves point guard, uh, rookie point guard, Jordan McLaughlin, drives to the rim. He's a – you know, drives to the rim. It's a layup over Bam. Um, this guy's a two-way. He's got a two-way contract with the Wolves and the Iowa T Wolves. So we see the Heat here go zero and two. And then our last one, we have the Hornets upsetting the Raptors at home by three, ninety-nine, ninety-six. But we do have breaking news for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Malik Monk, man, <laughs> yes, is yeah. on the weed. <laughs> And uh, has been suspended indefinitely by the NBA and in the wise words of my guy, Mr. Stephen A. Smith. Stay off the weed. 
Yes. As we can see. <laughs> That's what he does, man. Stay out of the weed, man. <laughs> exactly, man. But I want to back up a little bit just a just a game before this because I think it's really key just because we did talk about the Pacers a little bit and the Sixers, you know, they're they lost you know, Simmons to the to the back. And now we see later this week that Embiid's going out for a week or so. And mm-hmm. I think this was the key moment in which clicked in my head saying the Pacers had a great week, which you mentioned. Right. And all these losses, the Heat are losing, 76ers are losing. This is the time for those Pacers to step up and get into that four seed that we were talking about. For sure. and We're close, man, and right. we need these games. But I just wanted to mention that just because I think, yeah, it's it's kind of upsetting if you're just a basketball fan in general um, mm-hmm. to see, you know, especially the 76ers. And the 76ers I got that are going to the finals still. I don't but, know if that's happening, especially with these injuries. I was going to say, but seeing these injuries happen, it makes it more, you know, iffy. But at the yeah. same time, I want to – I think it's, you know – it is what it is to a point, but I'm also glad in the sense that the Pacers. Well, at least the injuries are happening now for your for your squad. And I know you got the Sixers, but they're happening now rather than like a KD in in the finals or at least in the playoffs. Um, let me ask you, which which upset were you most surprised about? Are you are you thinking anything about the Cavs? Are they getting their chemistry going a little bit, you know, more with Andre Drummond, or you know, are you? thinking the the heat or losing their touch a little bit what what what's really sticking out to you this week on those games honestly i think the most impactful and actually good upset and close game upset was this last one that you talked about mm-hmm. only to the fact that as we see it was a very close game the hornets only won by three points off of mm-hmm. um just a kind of a freak kind of play down the end um about i think what was it uh it was uh, Hornets were – it was tied up 96-96, two yeah. seconds left on the clock. Hornets taking it out uh, half court at half court. And there was a – yeah, loose ball foul on, I think, Hollis Jefferson on Terry Rozier. Okay. So that ruling is if there's a loose ball foul on that type of play, you get one free throw and the possession of the ball back. So okay. they had a foul again, ultimately lost by three points, yeah. But this is just just this game right here just shows me the beauty of the NBA and that you really do have to come out and play every night because the mm-hmm. Hornets, you know, earlier this week played the Pacers and they <laughs> and they got you know they got shitted on. We we put up yeah. almost a forty point win against them. That was and, a game that you went to too, wasn't it? Yes, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in our Pacers segment. But it was a good game. I mean, it, we we played very well and. The Hornets, in my view, not very good team, but it is, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, the they have to go and travel to Toronto. They get on a plane after getting the shit kicked out of them. Go up to Toronto, and they play the the Raptors at home, which they are good. Raptors are unbelievable no at home, right? And they end up winning the game, like we see, and it just shows yeah. that every night, if you come to play, you can win. And it's mm-hmm. an up and down. Like you can get blasted by forty and come back and beat a good team. And both of these teams are good in the Eastern Conference. We got the Raptors sitting at two, and us slowly moving up and showing what we can do as yeah. well. So just just like I was saying, man, with Memphis upsetting LA, 
and even you can look at this game too and say, yeah, home court is a big, big advantage. But there are those small percentages where a team will come in and, and might do something to you. Right. Um, it's it really all just depends on you know these back to back nights. But really, it's the NBA. Anything could happen. Right. Um, that's why it's week to week. The Pacers lose to a team, and we're like, what in the world? Then, you know, the next week we see the Heat losing to the Sixers. You know, anything could really happen. So I actually agree with you, man. On these games, um, that like you said, Hornets getting demolished by us by 40, then going to Toronto, probably jet lagged is crazy. And, um, you know, ended up playing a good game in Toronto, feeling good about themselves going back home to Charlotte. Right. So we'll, we'll go into a couple of other topics, just to the fact that, you know, a little couple of little tidbits here and there that happened this week. Um, mm-hmm. Not real big headlines, um, per se, that made it across, I mean, to your ears as listeners. But uh, we'll start with the the Marcus Cousins kind of questions and answers of him being waived, but he's staying with the Lakers team to rehab, and he's searching for other teams maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But to the point of that, Ultimately, the Lakers had to waive DeMarcus Cousins to get room and space to sign a piece in which they thought they really needed to make you know a, pu- a push for this late mm-hmm. uh, playoff season. And well, and- even before they signed him, I mean, he was hurt last year for Golden State the whole season, right. and then came back in the finals right. for a couple of games, and then that's when the Lakers were like, "All right, we'll take DeMarcus Cousins." They ended up gotten ended up getting hurt. Again, right. early, early season, preseason, I think. Yeah. And, but and on the other side of that, they do acquire uh, Markeith Morris. Yeah. And it was kind of a, a cool situation there. They The Lakers were like, we really could use, you know, bench depth, kind of like his brother a little bit, kind of stretch three, four guy, can batter you down low, stretch out to shoot the three. Not as mm-hmm. good of a three-point shooter, I would say, as his brother is but still mm-hmm. can go out there and shoot. And that's kind of fits into, you know, kind of what the Lakers need. Maybe mm-hmm. like in the footsteps of a Kyle Kuzma-ish. Yeah. Kind of the same game, yeah. I would say. Kyle Kuzma is a little more developed. He's younger, but a little more developed in that realm of, of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And But it's just another good depth in which they needed at that position yeah. for me. And they get they get them by buying them out in Detroit. Detroit kind of right. was like, we need some room for our cap space, and Lakers have money, so they can ultimately just you know buy out his contract from the. Detroit so ex- explain that what buying out means. Um, basically, just that the team that has a player under contract needs or wants cap space, and if you can not trade for him. The team, and ultimately, like the Lakers are, are just going to totally take over that contract and okay. buy his contract. So say this out. this contract. I think Markeith was on a, a last year deal for like, what was he on like a vet deal or something? Yeah, it wasn't that it was, much money. It was like three million dollars. Uh, right. And so basically, the Lakers, you know, to help the Detroit Pistons in a way, said we'll cover your, you know, three million of his contract, and we'll. And we'll get to, you know, be the first in line to ultimately okay. sign him for another deal. Okay. Um, Makes sense. But, yeah, we it just raises another question. L.A., you know, the Battle of L.A. is already going on, right? Mm-hmm. You got you yep. got the you got the Lakers and the Clippers. 
Now you add now you add that brother brother to brother. We got yeah, the worst twins on the Clippers and the Lakers now. Whew. Does that just make it even more, more yeah, of a fun that, fun yeah. for the viewer or what? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think for me watching those games, like I'm ready to see both of those guys go out in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> backing each other down, trying to get at each other. Been playing ball their whole lives. Probably get away with some knickknack fouls that the ref might not see that they've been you know, secretly going at each other, uh, growing up, you know, doing all these knickknack stuff, knickknack things um, with each other. Um, but I, I think, honestly, this is this is what it is, man. Um, L.A., both L.A. teams, like you said, got both brothers. They're kind of going at it without really talking about going at it. Just they're – what's the saying? They're, um, you know, they're making moves without talking right. pretty much. And you see Morris – in the past three games, I think his first game was earlier this season or earlier this week, excuse me, against the Pelicans. And, um, you know, you know, four points next game. I think he felt a little bit more adjusted and comfortable eight points in the next game. He had five. But this is this is the guy. This is a guy, like you said, who has very good potential to come off the bench and be a uh, reoccurring factor for this Lakers team, right? Like he spreads the floor. He was talking about, man, I love playing with LeBron, love playing with AD. Usually Markeith Morris's game and his career has been backing down someone. And that's why it was like, for me, well, is he going to be this missing piece that the Lakers needed? And I was, I didn't quite know, but I think he's kind of the guy who's, you know, he has years under his belt. He's, you know, he's on that vet that vet status and he knows how to adjust with guys like ad or lebron so his game now is kind of help spreading the floor making cuts ad is a passer too you know ad was finding him i was watching that game ad find him on backdoor cuts uh so he kind of has to adjust to his game and that's what frank vogel was actually talking about at a press conference a couple of days ago he's we're still working with him especially defensively we need him defensively we don't really need him offensively he can do his thing but defensively he's a guy who can guard a, a two through five the thing is i what i like about this this pickup for the lakers we were talking about in previous you know episodes that the lakers are kind of like the pretty boys right and the clippers are that <laughs> yeah. you know down there like down in the gutter scrappy Kind of not as, you know, not the pretty boys. They're the, yeah. you know, the little, little brother. Straight dogs, doggy yeah. dog. And I think what I like the most about this pickup is Markeith will give them that grit and grind, mm-hmm. you know. Don't, yeah. I mean, maybe throw an elbow or two, get a technical, <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe start pushing or shoving his brother yeah. when it matters the most. And that yeah. gets that energy going for that yeah. team. And I think this is just honestly a great pickup. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that the the Clippers didn't steal this one too from the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? no, and hey, hey, literally on top of that, <laughs> with that that grit and grind dog days bring to Lakers, we I saw that when I was watching the Grizzlies game, bro. LeBron and Dylan Brooks were going at it for a minute. I know LeBron kind of took it to the lane, had an and one, and you know end up bumping Dylan Brooks at the end of play and kind of giving that like stank face to him, and then Dylan <laughs> Brooks like the next play pushed LeBron, like fouled LeBron intentionally kind of gave him a really hard foul when LeBron was driving to the rim. And we saw Mark, I saw Mark Keith Morris at least go up to Dylan Brooks and kind of give him that chest yeah, bump. He's like, not playing good. around. He's that, he's that grind. Yeah. But so, I yeah, think, man. I think ultimately at the end of the day, we'll see the Lakers and the Clippers, they'll meet up 
And my mm -hmm. question to you is on this. My last question about this to All you right. is, if you are Marquise and Mar or Marquise and Mar, Mar what are the, the, <laughs> the, the twins' names? Both of them, Marcus and Marquise. Marquise, I think it's Marquise. Marquise, oh, Marquise, no. whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. The brothers. Now, now that they're uh, in L.A. together and they're facing each other in the playoffs, Right. Are they carpooling together in, into the game if they're head up? <laughs> Are they carpooling to the game together? What's going on here? Please enlighten me. Yo. <laughs> Are they hilarious. taking the carpool together? Yo, they might have to take the same chauffeur, bro. They got they got to carpool to the games, especially during the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, yo, I see you in there, bitch. <laughs> saving a I little, saving a little it, yeah. money, you know, saving a little or they money. Can just, or they can just meet up at Kawhi's penthouse of the ritz carlton downtown la and say Kawhi, you ready and then it's you know mark keith in the back like in his lakers uniform suited up like so start walking Kawhi's got a ball or something you seen that new uh the new balance commercial with Kawhi in it i have not seen that one that uh no. man he doesn't say a word it's the it's the most awkward thing it's kind of just like him he's playing piano and then he's got a basketball in the next scene he shoots it and then it ricochets off another piano they gotta watch, man. We'll, we'll put that. <laughs> we'll put it in the description. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, no, nah, yeah, man. They'll carpool to the game. They'll they'll definitely be going at it for sure. So you mentioned you mentioned Kobe White last week, and oh yeah, he does it again this week too. Take me through this game. I saw I saw this game actually pop up on my Twitter feed, and now I see it. You know, in in the discussion of what we're talking about again this week. What, What's going I think on? Kobe White just said, fuck it, man. And I think the coach is like, yo, like, please keep doing this and to like save my job. Like, I need one good player on here besides Zach Levine, you know, shitting on me all the time. But I think, yeah, Kobe White would see it, man. This is, I think, the last couple of games, like we were talking about with the back to back 30 plus, this is it's killing us or this is increasing his confidence every single day. And in practice, he's probably doing that same thing. He's probably putting up a bunch of shots. And now he feels like he is that that point guard that they've been looking for. I know they've had, like, that weird point guard situation with, um, what, Archie, Archie Diaclo or whatever the hell his name is, white boy from Villanova. You know, they, also that. Had, they also had Chris Dunn in there. Chris Dunn, but he's more of a shooting guard, though. Yeah, I mean, but He yeah. was acting like a point guard. Yeah, it's your point. Um, but this game, yeah, Kobe White, another 30-plus game, finishing with 35. And actually, Zach Levine with 41, man. It was crazy. But they lost by two to OKC. OKC with Chris Paul, man. So I, that's, the, that's the game that I really want to talk about. And then we'll lead into OKC and talk about them a little bit. But anyways, yeah, Kobe White, quick point, stud, 35. Going to keep doing it. Let's talk about the Thunder. Who, what do you got? I'm I mentioned it a little bit in last week's episode about you know trading if you traded Chris Paul and Trey Young you know have them switch spots is Trey mm -hmm. Young taking this Thunder team to the playoffs and right. ultimately my answer was no and you said yes but at the same time Chris Paul man we don't we haven't shown him real love on this on the show yet and I think this was the time to just step back and recognize it really what he's doing as a CP3 baby. As a vet in this league, they're fourth right now in the Western Conference, right? And Yep. Are they I don't think any team, no team in the West, nobody 
anybody want to see the Thunder in the first round of the playoffs at all. Mm-mm. It's just not what they – you see That's the Thunder – environment, man, top four in OKC. We know what happens with that crowd. Right. And I think – I just think it was – I mean, it's just nice for me to see that Chris Paul, after everything we see in the offseason, all of the – you know, oh, he traded me for Westbrook, and now I'm, right. I'm kind of left here by my myself in OKC. Right, that's what, am what the I stereotype gonna do? was for sure. Right, and he, you know, he said pretty much fuck it all. I'm gonna right. go out here and hoop. You pay me, why not? And it, you pay me millions of dollars, and I'm gonna go out here and hoop. That's what you yep. pay me for. That's my job. And ultimately, he's doing he's doing wonders for this Thunder team, and yep. I just I love to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, exactly to your point. We see the Rockets that are kind of if and F, you know. Uh, that's not really a fucking saying. Um, they're they're iffy, yeah. right, with each of their games, they're right? They're either F. getting smacked. <laughs> hey, you know, it's 10 o'clock here, man. <laughs> so they're, you know, we see Harden or Westbrook, they – they don't really know how to play with each other. In my opinion, I see the stat boards. I see the stats, the box score when they're playing each game. And it's either Harden with a 40 piece or it's like Westbrook with a 40 piece. And like the other guy only has like 10 and eights. And, you know, sometimes they're winning, sometimes they're losing this giving this Chris Paul thing over here in OKC is giving him a little bit more leeway to be the general, the floor general and, and, and run things. Right. You know, he's got those rookies that are that start. I think uh, Gilders Alexander. I, there you I go. You no said it. You said it right. You said it yeah. right. Um, have trouble saying that guy's name all the time, but he's on the floor with Chris, learning a ton. And you got Steven Adams doing that pick and pop, man. That's their game. And then you got um, Gallinari over there in, in the corner three if, you know, Chris wants to get that second option. But yeah, I mean, CP3, if they can get, if they can keep that top four. If they can keep that top four and, and have home court advantage, then I got no doubt then they that they'll win at least one out of the two of those first games, um, you know, in the playoffs. But I think, man, if they go to fifth, sixth, or seventh, or eighth, I don't know if it's looking too hot. Going down maybe 01, 02, then going to OKC, that's my thing. I don't know. I think that might be a, a, a real deal breaker right there for OKC. But, yeah. No doubt, man. I went to the I went to the All Star game. Chris Paul like ended up balling out with like twenty five points. So I think that's what really boosted his confidence going in post post All Star break. Right, and I think this is just another testament to it's the greatest time of the year for me because it's it's that grit and grind playoff crunch making mm-hmm. it or you or you don't. You know, it's where guys are really starting to try now. Where, right. where guys are really starting to understand these teams that are top eight and they know they're going to make the playoffs are really understanding that, hey, we have to win every single game now. Like right. Pacers at six, I'll keep mentioning it, have to keep winning. They know that, especially going on a five-game road streak this next week and a half. But, right. yeah, man, OKC, man, that's my thing with them. Top four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know if they're looking too hot first round. So my, my last topic here before we, uh, you know, get into our segments, that our weekly segments, Luka Doncic – Big, you know, I'm talking about this guy all year, man. Big record right here that we see, and he records the most triple doubles in Mavs history. We've kind of taken a break a little bit from you know talking about the Mavs just because they've you know been hot and cold all see all season, mm-hmm. but for this, you know, he comes back into 
you know national national headlines and we see that he breaks re- breaks records and this is only i mean the yep. beginning it for him right this is yep. he's a young guy and he needs he needs to be you know recognized when when he's doing big things lucas in his rookie right what lucas rookie right no this is his second his sophomore okay yeah. okay but yeah, no, and and the guy that he beat for the most triple doubles is Jason Kidd, right? Like a potential Hall of Famer, right? And he did this in his sophomore season. Uh, I guess it makes sense why Dirk didn't have a lot of triple doubles. Like he couldn't really even move; he kind of <laughs> was just handicapped the whole time. But he just like kept shooting, just standing up, no mm-hmm. legs at all. But yeah, man. Like I said, man, we've been talking about Luca all season. We kind of drifted away a little bit, um, you know, hot and cold. Um, but yeah, man, he's going to keep breaking records. It's not the first one that we're going to see, but man, mad props to Luca and, and congrats. And hopefully the Mavs can make a push in the playoffs. All right. We're going to go into our game of the week here. So the game of the week for me, we saw it with the Rockets and the Boston Celtics, right? Mm, right. There's a good game. <clears throat> Rockets come kind of kind of charging back a little bit to you know take over a fourth quarter in yeah. which I had them winning the the game because they were up I think it was six with like maybe like a minute and like 20 seconds minute and a half or so mm-hmm. left and talking about closing out games I mean for our pacers we talk about it all the time rockets ended up not you know not closing out a game unfortunately, they got the chance to play in overtime, and they do get that victory. But the events in which this happened, it was what I would say the game of the week. Beforehand, you were talking about let's talk about let's put you know Zion and and LeBron's game into game of the week and stuff. Mm-hmm. But after watching this one, I was like, if you didn't watch this one, you or if you did watch this one, you would know why this is our game of the week for mm-hmm. sure. Break us through it, baby. Break us yeah. through. So. Well, yeah, so basically in this game right here, we see that Tatum at the line with one free throw left. Celtics are down by three, and he just fires it at the rim, and he, you know, he hits the front of the rim, bounces around a couple of times. James Harden had a chance to get it, and, you know, it goes into Jalen Brown's hands, and he steps right into it and pops it down and, knocks it down to get them going into overtime and from there it was just a a great game overall i thought going into overtime period you know celtics have all the you know the real motivation and all the the momentum going into that first you know first couple minutes of overtime just because they came in and knocked a big shot to get into overtime to begin with and we see Back and forth, missed shots here and there, but ultimately, the Rockets, you know, hold hold it off and they win by a point. And just to go through a couple of stats of that game, while I get Andy back on here, um, Tatum had 32, Westbrook had 41, Harden. You know, we talked about the Rockets. Andy mentioned about the Rockets. You know, it's usually one or the other. You know, one one player like Westbrook gets going good. Or it's, you know, Harden going off. And back, hey, I'm back, back, back. Sorry about that. <clears throat> I got distracted. My computer just died. Yeah, I was just I just went through the game with them here, um, with the Celtics. Kind of went through the stats, but like I was saying, you mentioned the Rockets 
you know, team-wise, kind of have one player at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, as we see in this one, Westbrook goes crazy, and then Harden's stats are a little bit lower in a sense of, you know, not mm-hmm. showing out. Like, they're not too, like, convergent yeah. on on a team. But take me through what you what you think about this one a little bit um, and how, what you thought of it just because I was sitting there, you know, waiting for you to get back on. Yeah, but shooting what, the shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was crazy, man. I, and Paul Pierce was at the game too. And right, but you see him before the game. Uh, uh-uh. he, he, he comes out onto the court, right? Gets the ball in one hand. Uh, uh-huh. he's up behind the three point in the corner, like throws it up and he like starts to walk off and it went in and he's like, yeah, I still run this bro. I still, oh run. man. Yeah. Paul Pierce, the truth, baby, the truth, man. This was a crazy game. Like you said, uh, you know, Jason Tatum at the end of the line, uh, Rockets couldn't close it out. Jason Tatum hits it off the front of the rim. Somehow Jalen Brown gets the ball. Rockets are iffy, man. And I don't know if I have too much confidence in them right now. Um, but if they're going to win close games like this, that's what we're going to see in the playoffs with every single team, at least by the second round. So this is almost this is almost like a, uh, a playoff preview for me, although they are in you know different conferences. But this is definitely like a good like practice for the actual conferences when they, once they do get in the playoffs, like the Rockets are like the Celtics are a top three team. The Rockets are at least a top five team, top six team. And so they're going to be playing other teams like this in the second round. So I think this is good practice for both teams, but ultimately, yeah, Celtics just got, you know, they got robbed there in that last quarter right. um, or in, in, at least in the OT in the last quarter, like you said, when Rockets coming back in the fourth quarter. Right. So let's uh, let's transition then. Um, let's go into the player of the week. Take me through your player of the week here, Andy. Yep. I got my guy Bradley Beal, man. We haven't talked about him at all this season just because the Wizards are not doing so hot right now. Shout out Schofield, though, from Tennessee, and our guy Garrison Matthews. A couple of other guys on there. Um, unfortunately, Bradley Beal, man, he, has, he doesn't have his PIC with him right now. So this season, he is averaging a high, what, uh, 36 points a game, playing around 30 minutes. This week, he recorded his 10th 40-point game of the season, and the last four games, he's actually averaged 45 points with six assists. So he's still dishing the ball around, um, getting his teammates involved. And like I said, it was the most points he's averaged in his career this season. Um, Obviously, you don't have John Wall. But they are ninth seed in the East. They are five games behind the Nets. I know we were talking about the Nets. Are they going to make that playoff spot, that eighth seed? And actually, we saw the Magic last week were eighth, and the Nets were seventh, right? And the Magic and the Nets actually dueled it out this week, and Magic ended up winning. And Magic ended up – I think they went like three and one this week. So yeah, they bounced good. into that that seventh spot, yeah. Um, so the Nets are right there, but – yeah, man, Bradley Beal, we got to show some love to him, man. Shooting 45% from the field, 33, 33% behind the arc. And he's he's still recording five rebounds and six assists um, this season. So, he's like I say, he's getting people involved. But Bradley Beal, man, we actually saw last week uh, and into this week a little bit, I think of Sunday and Monday, um, he had 50-plus points in consecutive games, like back-to-back um, 53 against, and I can't remember who it was, a team on Sunday, but 55 against the Bucks. Right. And so, like, Big team against the Bucks, too. Yeah, man. I mean, Bucks, they got the best record in the NBA. So, Bradley Beal, you, it sucks, man, because 
they showed like a video of him, like a video clip of him when he was playing that game and they lost to the Bucks, obviously. But um, he kind of like turned into a meme and it was kind of shitty because like he was just like super sad and like pissed off. It's like, man, like this guy has no, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that he doesn't have any help because like that's just, it's fucked up for me to say. Obviously, these guys are in the NBA, but like he needs John Wall back. I will say that. And John Wall is resting. I feel like John Wall is cool by now because I feel like he's missed like the last two seasons. But uh, yeah, Bradley Beal, my player of the week. What are the what are the expectations then if we see this from Bradley Beal and it, this continues? Because I think Bradley Beal, I mean, ultimately everybody, you know, if you watch just games against your favorite team every night and you're mm-hmm. playing the Wizards, you ultimately see Bradley Beal, you know, just, just spark up against your team. But you're like, oh, it's the Wizards and we – I mean, we beat them by 20 points. Obviously, that question that always kind of rise up, rises up for me of being on a, a bad team but exploding. But at the same time, what are the expectations for next year once they do get you know John Wall and maybe in the offseason they add another piece? Because like you said, they're ninth yeah. right now in the East. Yeah. Are they, are they going to help that Eastern Conference you know, be more competitive instead of just the six teams? Are we still going to see a Wizards team that's just, you know, from few or the, from the past, just not, not quite there in terms of being yeah. ready for the playoffs? Yeah, it's tough to say, man. Just because of what we've seen in the past like five seasons with John Wall and Bradley Beal, they've made it into the playoffs, but they've never gotten far. Right. And we've always heard talks of, okay, trade John Wall or trade Bradley Beal. Something's got to change for me. If something doesn't change, if I feel like they got to trade one of the guys, they, if they want something to happen, Um, because right now we've, we've seen it. There's evidence there that it just doesn't work. That's my thing. I don't don't think they're, I think they got to trade someone or like you said, add like a huge piece, but in order to do that, you have to trade one of those guys. Right. I agree. I think something needs to change there, but we'll show love to a player that needs to, you know, needs the love. Yeah. We'll uh we'll get into our fan questions of this week. We only have a couple again this week, but Oh it keep is... keep shooting us fan questions. Yeah, man. I mean we had two more this week, so holler at us. Even if it's like a text or if you're texting us or in the comments here, like right. we appreciate we'll, it. Keep just, keep sending love. Yeah, just say their fan questions for our segment and we'll we'll throw them in there just like these. For sure. So the first one we got uh, I don't remember who it was from, but it says, "Why are you guys Indiana Pacers, or no? Why is why are the Indiana Pacers your favorite team?" No, and this then, one's this one's from Nathan Clark. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. and he says, "Aren't you guys from <laughs> Tennessee?" And yes, we're from Tennessee. Uh, we can. I mean, you want to kind of go into your backstory of why you are a Pacers fan, and then I'll kind of yeah. Nay, appreciate the shout out, bro. I think you already know the answer, but I appreciate it trying to help us out here a little bit. Uh, I'll go ahead and explain. Yeah, Liam and I are both from Nashville, Tennessee. I grew up a Grizzlies fan, um, but I was actually born in Indiana, and um, I had family there on my dad's side when I was younger. Liam and I used to go to a bunch of Pacers games. Liam has family up there. He'll get into that. But for Liam and I, I know that we used to actually go to a bunch of Pacers versus Memphis games and in Memphis, or we would go to Pacers versus Memphis games, vice versa, in Indiana. 
Um, I was actually on a halftime show during the Pacers, one of the Pacers games. I was playing two-on-two dodgeball against um, throwing balls at Boomer, the mascot, and uh, I actually sat, like, courtside one time at the Pacers game, and the ref, like, handed me the ball during the timeout. So I really just grew a love for both of those teams growing up, and especially, you know, with Memphis growing up, I've still got love for Memphis, but I think I'm just more of a Pacers fan. Um, I'm also closer to Indiana now. And yeah, that's really it for me, man. I got gear. I love Pacers and I love going to their games. The environment is freaking badass. And surprisingly, like you wouldn't believe this, but like the arena is so underrated. Um, you have guys that are, you have fans there that are like long time. Like, I don't know. They're like fans from a soccer game. Like they have their own student section pretty much. And they just get rowdy, you know? And we went to that New Year's Eve game, and it was it was unbelievable. And, and big Reggie Miller fan. I'm a huge Reggie Miller fan, but that's why I'm a Pacers fan. And uh, yeah, I love me I love me some Pacer Nation, baby. Yes, sir. I mean, kind of piggyback off of that. Same a little bit for me. Growing up, I mean, all my family is originally from Indianapolis, so I mean, I would they would always you know it was just kind of the team for basketball that I grew up following, just because. Mm-hmm. They all were talking about it and Pacers this, Pacers that. And then, you know, obviously coming from Nashville, growing up loving basketball, closest team to us was either the Hawks, the Grizzlies, or Indiana. They're all kind of in that same, like, two-and-a-half, three-hour range. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, we would go to to Grizzlies games. We would go to to Pacer games. And, you know, that's pretty much why we're – we're fans of them, but mm-hmm. you know, we got one more. Just, what's, what's, yeah, yeah, it just happens like that sometimes. But yeah. second question we got here, which is funny one. <laughs> yeah, who would win in a fist fight, Russell Westbrook right. or Joel Embiid? I don't even know how those two got like pushed together in the same question. I don't. Did they have some type of beef or something, or what's going on here? You didn't you didn't hear about the Joel uh, Russell Westbrook and their beef together? No, what? Tell me about last the season. What happened? To I, mean, I don't know. They were going at it last season. Um, I don't know. Embiid, you know how Embiid is. They're just getting in people's heads. He got in Russell's head. They've both got ejected from the same game last season. They've just been going at it. So Russell is more of like a, he's an aggressor, right? right. And he is kind of like uh, he just got that body, you know. He's Nigerian. That's what they do. Like he's he's <laughs> played soccer with his bare feet growing up. He's a tough dude. Right. Russell is just kind of like that scrappy guy. So I don't know. I feel like Westbrook would just kind of dance a little bit, you know. Yeah. And B only thing is, and B would have to get if he gets like one good hit. To to Westbrook, I feel like yeah. Westbrook and Bede's be got that stretch on him. Yeah, he's got but, yeah, he's got that reach. But if he could, if 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 Westbrook could, you know, kind of bounce around a little bit, get a couple, maybe a couple of net shots. Are we ta- are we are we talking about are we talking about boxing or are we talking about just straight up no rules fighting? I, it's, the question is fist fight, so I'm guessing just straight up. I don't all right, think just just straight, straight up, just straight hands, fist fight, just fist up. All right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think I think Embiid might – I don't know. I, I, it's tough to say. Um, I think Russell get, like, a one-two hook. Right. Like, you know, maybe, like, Russell, like, hook to the to the side. Right. Um, and then maybe, like, an undercut. I don't know. Right. I'm going to take Russell. I'm going to take Russell, actually. All right. I think I agree with that, but 
scrappy dude and be slower although he has the length i gotta take russell with that one two punch just because i think russell's throwing those nut shots that's the only reason i'm taking russell all right that, that shots are cheap man the, 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 it don't go below the belt man so i don't know i don't know if you call that one winning or not <laughs> oh it's winning boy it's winning <laughs> let's uh the mcnuggets yeah let's go into our um our pacer segment here and as we talked about a little bit we did play three three games this week. We went three and zero. First time we were talking about, first time in a like I don't know how long since I can remember that we can actually say Pacers won all their games this week. Woo! Pacer Nation, gosh. baby, <laughs> finally. Um, but we played three games: Hornets, Portland, and the Cavs this week. Mm. As you can see from the scoreboard, this was and we talked about a little bit earlier. This is our game where we you know put a forty clip on pretty much a 40 clip on the the Hornets. Yep. It was good. I mean, coming off of this game, we did, you know, get blown out by 40 by the Raptors and then we turn around and, you know, we you know, we blow another team out by 40. So it was very good to see in that. This is the game I did went to, I mean, I did go to like mm-hmm. you mentioned a little bit, but you take a homeless guy to the game? I did not, not this game. Ah. I actually took my mother. I, t- I got her some nice seats. We uh, there got, you go. Got real close and personal with the Pacers, um, but it was cool. I mean, it was good, good game. Always fun, obviously going to the Banker's Life, kind of like you mentioned. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just really good just to get there because I had I don't think I've been there this year yet, and mm. this was the first one and. Kind of wish it was a. I mean, it, it could have been a little closer, just so it was a better game to watch. Right. But in terms of game wise, we did really well. But first quarter, let's just run through a little bit of the stats real quick for you guys. First quarter, um, thirty-five twenty-five. Um, we were up by ten, and then from there, pretty much just laid it to them. Mm-hmm. And from the second quarter on, it wasn't even close. It was twenty plus after the like first five minutes of the second quarter. Sabonis, first time this year that Sabonis led the team in points, assists, and rebounds all in the same night. Wow. 21 points, 15 rebounds, one assist shy of that triple-double with nine assists. And another cool stat for that game, Miles Turner. He gets his career high in blocks. Um, Previous previous was seven, and this week he earned this game and this – we see him get eight. So he almost yeah. finishes. He could have got that triple-double maybe in with the blocks. But yeah. we see him finish with six points, ten rebounds, and eight eight blocks. So Those points got to get up, man. Yeah. But if we, he's doing the ten rebounds, eight blocks, like I'll give him that. But Miles, man, he's been inconsistent all season. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about Miles. He would have at least more than six points, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, in this in this fashion, when you you know you're already up by 25 points after, true, second true. quarter, not playing, yeah. not playing really that much. Um, just side note on this one, we did have um, Vic out in this one listed as with back spasms. Don't know if that's really true, but also in this one we had Devonte Graham out due to rest or load management. AKA weed, weed. Yeah, I don't really know what that was about. <laughs> But it is what it is. Our yeah. second game of this week, we had the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. A little closer than uh, I would have liked it to be. But as we can see, it's playoff time. And these two 
teams are two teams that are really making that playoff push, right? Mm-hmm. And again, we've been we've mentioned it all throughout this podcast, but the Pacers, first time after this game, I noticed that we could make that push for that four seed easily. Mm-hmm. And yep. so it was good to see one thing about this game, and I kind of noticed it after the fact of watching it, third mm-hmm. tele- national televised game that we've had this year. And it kind yeah. of just irked my nerves a little bit. We talked about <laughs> it um, in previous episodes, but this one right here was one. Hey, at least we got the dub, though. We got the dub, and I guess to the point that we showed other team, I, all the other people that are there watching, like, yeah, we're good, and we can beat, I guess, an okay team. They're not even in the playoffs. It's the mm-hmm. Blazers, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, we don't even want the exposure, though. That's the thing. Yeah, keep us quiet, right? Sabonis mm-hmm. led the way again in this one. 20 points, 11 uh, rebounds, 45 triple-doubles. He ties. He Double-double. Double-double. Double-double, not triple-double, my fault. Yeah, and he taught. I think this is the the tying. No, 46 is the record. It's 46, so, yeah. Yeah, so this is 45. I believe he ties it in this next game that mm-hmm. was coming up. But, yeah, it was cool to see that. And speaking of Miles Turner, like we said, does step up in this game, hits a monster three at the end of the game to kind of ice it for us. Yeah. And so I'm not I'm cool with him, you know, getting ten points, eight rebounds, six points, like you were saying, but I need him to step up and in this one he did mm-hmm. did that, just that. No, Miles had that that what what is it? Like less than a, a minute left. Someone kicked it out to Miles at the top of the key. He's got the biggest fucking rainbow shot that I've ever seen in the NBA. Who shoots the ball that high? Right. It's almost like, is it going to go in? Is it going to go over the goal? But he knocks it in, man, and that's what ultimately led us um, to the victory, 106 right. to 100. Um, we, Miles, man, I mean, he's a good shooter, and we, we need him to step up like that. Right. We do get Vic back in this game um, after him taking, I think it was two or three games off. And – Ultimately, I see, you know, slowly but surely, he's mm-hmm. getting back into it. Finishes this game with 15 and 7. So that was, that was very, uh, very cool to see. Um, Blazers don't have Damian Lillard in this game. Mm-hmm. So he's still battling injury. But a win is a win, like we always, we always preach, you know. And what about the, this Cavs game? I'll, I'll go into this. Yeah, you know, this I've been yeah, preaching about the Cavs. Yeah, go ahead. Cavs been red hot, but not against our Indiana Pacers, right? We win this game, 113, 104. Um, pretty much a game of two halves. We haven't gotten the lead until midway through the fourth quarter. It was a little iffy uh, down the stretch. And this is when I was texting you. I was like, man, they were going up 96, 95, 97, 96, 98, 97. I was like, man, this is this is a game that we got to finish. This is our test. This has been our test all season. Um, we end up TJ Warren, man, ends up balling with 30 points, but he's, he's the go-to guy. He's that go-to guy. I think um, I'd, I'd rather pick TJ over, over Vic right now, honestly. And right. it just, he showed it in that, in that display of the game. And yeah, you know, he had like a stretch there down in the fourth yeah. quarter. He scored like six to eight points. I think it was straight. And then yeah. And just... it looked like, and, and it was so cool to see that once I think it was a possession, very, very late in the fourth quarter, about two minutes left. I think we're up like four or five. Um, Kevin Love is on TJ Warren, and we see all the guys like pointing at TJ Warren in the corner. I'm like, what are they pointing at? 
And then I'm hearing the announcers are like, they're pointing at TJ. They're, they're pointing at Warren right now. It's a mismatch. And I was like, it's a mismatch. Kevin Love is an NBA champion. What's going on here? Um, so they actually ended up getting the ball to Warren and Warren just comes to the top of the key and isolates Kevin Love, yeah. takes him on a, a you know, one, two crisscross, like a, a step back, just straight smack. Yeah. And what the NBA announcers were saying, that's what you love to see a team do is point to a guy, have full trust in a guy and say, you know what, you create a shot and go to work. Right. And that's the and, thing. I, I, I really like to see that from him, especially we were talking a little bit about it, but at the same time, I want him to do this against good teams. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fine that the Cavaliers weren't aren't necessarily a good team in my perspective. Mm-hmm. But to see this and the way that he plays at the end of the game to ice it, I can mm-hmm. more like get behind him going for a thirty piece because he contributed yeah. early, you know, or he contributed early, but even more importantly, he contributed late in the game as well. And right. to to that it's better to see him do it, you know. Yes, maybe not against a great team, but it was cool to see as well. Yeah, but again, it's a team. It's a team that we need to beat, and we're supposed to win. Uh, we've always struggled closing out games, and finally, we did both. Right. And like you were saying, Sabonis, man, double double, eighteen, thirteen, and nine, one shy again from a triple, and uh, yeah, he ties it, man. This is a this is a NBA record that he's gonna break, which yeah. that's. That's crazy. Dude's like 23 years old. So my props is a bonus, you know, all-star deserving. And Oladipo coming back, 19 points, three rebounds, couple of assists here and there. But we're looking good. And right. keep it going. Not exactly. The, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, keep it going for this next couple of games that we have. We have three upcoming this week again. So do you know who those games are against? That's what I was going to say. Um. No, Off doesn't matter. Head, Three and zero, about to go six and zero. Right. We just need to, we just need to, to keep it going, and you know, con- continue to play strong into this, to the end of the season and into the playoffs for sure. Right, for sure. But with that, this week, uh, this week's episode is a wrap. But be, be yeah, be sure to follow us on our social media, Man to Man Podcast at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram, excuse me, and at Man to Man Pod on Twitter. Go rate us five stars and get reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, also, for yes, our man. YouTube listeners, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe button as we stream all of our live um, episodes every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Again, another thing we're going to add, I kind of want to introduce it right now just so people will know, but every Wednesday night we're going to have a, you know, kind of just a, a night that we get on and kind of give a give you guys just a mid-week recap of what might have gone on. Maybe some funny tweets that we've come along, but kind of just a more informal, you know, episode. Um, mm-hmm. Just so you guys can come so in. So week, a weekly Wednesday. Yeah, like a weekly Wednesday. Just so you guys can really just come in and like what we like to say, come and shoot the shit with us, you know, and just yep. you know, come listen to us and see what we got to say. And we'll kind of be more informal about the episode. Mm-hmm. But with that, we will catch you next week. <clears throat> Pace and Nation, baby. <laughs> and I'm nothing. I'm straight hustling.